and I have you live. Fighting for freedom every day. They're learning at a young age. They're being taught the socialists control the ones that are blaming Republicans for being Nazis or being fascists, the ones that are promoting some type of cancel culture, the ones that are promoting some type of agenda of uh, shadow banning. Realize at a young age that, hey, sure, you can have your freedom of speech, but we can block your funding. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. What's up? Welcome into the program. It's another weekend, baby. It's ready to rock and roll, especially probably one of the most important weekends that we get to celebrate we are officially and pat yourself on the back clap your hands we are officially out of the pride month of june and now we're into a specialty pride month for the month of july with fourth of july right around the corner independence day that was patriotic celebration of america baby and we got a lot to talk about welcome into the program broadcasting out of the heartland of the nation here in wichita kansas from the hoosier media network studios welcome in this is the voice of reason i am andy hoosier on your weekend special edition and i don't know how to cram as much into this program as i want to because it has been a week and a half man i am trying to recover after the week and now obviously we have the fourth of july celebrations uh, to get into as well I've, i got to walk in our little town's uh fourth of july parade this morning already after getting back from late last night that we'll talk about in just a second and a lot more so as soon as the program's done i actually get to go and do more at the fourth of july celebration because there's more festivities happening so and then of course the fireworks that are happening this weekend as well, coming up next hour, Tony Lyons will be joining us with Skyhorse Publishing as we talk about censorship in the media. And obviously, obviously, it's been a major issue because, well, we see a lot of shows, the show included, so many others, podcast programs, YouTube programs, Facebook programs, just content on there that's been censored, blocked, completely erased with the uh, algorithms or with the shadow banning. And now it's even happening to the uh, candidates for elections. And I'm not just talking about Donald Trump. We are going to uh, spend some time talking about Robert F. Kennedy. Is he the safe haven for the Democrat Party to bring it back to normalcy? Huh. We'll talk about that here in just a little bit. So welcome into it. And happy weekend, man. Happy uh, whether you play this Saturday or Sunday. doesn't really matter. It is a wonderful weekend. Let's get this ball rolling. What do you say? Right on. Let's do it. Hmm. Rock that world. Rock that world. Which, by the way, with being episode number two of the program, I am happy because we've been tweaking some of these settings on here and we can actually play more stuff that we've wanted to and not have some interference. Uh, because especially being patriotic, we should look at our elected officials on what they had to say for Fourth of July, right? America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to put him in a foot. There it is. That's all you need to know. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Let's get into what's trending here. What's trending today? All right, so last night was really nice to come home. I've been gone for the last couple of days, and I was excited because I was supposed to get home yesterday in time for our weekday program to kind of do our recap, and I didn't get a chance to do it. It was too busy. So uh, I, the flights were delayed. If you're trying to travel this weekend, I pity you because the airports are already backed up. Flights are being delayed and canceled, and it took a lot longer for individuals to travel than what's supposed to be. How's that bail money working out for the air industry? But hopefully you are making it safe in town. And if you are traveling, then all the best to you, and hopefully you're giving yourself plenty of time. I, however, was out and about for the last few days uh, this week because we had traveled to McAllen, Texas, to visit the southern border and visit and talk to border security agents 
and see what the wall actually looks like and how things are developing. And it was probably one of the most eye-opening things that I have ever seen in my life. And hat tip to our great partners here on the program with Americans for Prosperity, uh, the state of Kansas chapter division that was able to bring me down there, and, of course, the Americans for Prosperity Foundation they put on the event, and it was definitely eye-opening. They always say that you want to go and experience something firsthand. We got to experience something firsthand, and it was something that I never thought that I would personally get to experience because it's just difficult to get down there. And to see a tour like this was really eye-opening. And coming out of it, I guess the simplest way to put it is that now I'm more confused than I was when I went down there. It's more complicated than anybody could have possibly thought. And uh, it's something, it's tough because we want to have a border that allows individuals to come in legally. At the same time, we don't want to entice individuals to come in illegally. And I, I pose the question is what has changed between, I don't know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago today? What changed and why are we seeing a major bump in illegal immigration and the trafficking of drugs and humans and guns and money and everything of the sort now more so than we saw 20 30 years ago what's changed in the mindset and why by the way did the federal government take a step back like we have seen during the biden administration causing more issues than i think what actually needs to happen so i have a massive amount of audio clips i want to try and play in the short amount of time that we have on the program from uh different individuals the first one uh, was at the beginning of day number one when we got to travel down here to McAllen. And for those who don't know where McAllen, Texas is, it's by like the southernmost tip of Texas that you can possibly get. You know, Texas has that little dip all the way down, and you're like an hour away from the Gulf of Mexico-ish, maybe even less than that. I don't know. But it's a beautiful area. I absolutely loved the area. I would totally move down there because I, I enjoyed the infrastructure. I enjoyed the culture. I enjoyed everything. It was amazing. I loved it. I would totally move down there if it weren't for the massive amount of crime that went on. But right in McAllen, Texas, that very southern tip of Texas, right near the wall, was... One of the biggest rates in transportation areas in that district, they said, of the drugs, the crime, the humans, the money, the money laundering, whatever crime is happening down there, that's where it's happening. We stopped by one of the water treatment facilities that was actually, uh, you know, obviously processing the water for the drinking water and water use for the city of McAllen and the entire county, where apparently that was one of the major hotspots of crossings of cartel members and illegal aliens talking about how bad things were to the point they've had to do their own preparations and trying to screen at least some of the water that had bodies washing into the water treatment plant. You'll see this screen thing here that on our channel for our intakes to our pumps. We had to put that in there because of the dead bodies that were getting sucked up in our pumps. Mm. And the fact that the day we finished it, there was a dead body on it the next morning. Mm. And it took us two days to get the body out of the, the pump that it went into. Mm. This is just the neighborhood. Uh, right now, they're over there. They're watching us. Uh, they're just waiting for us to leave so they can come across. You can see the trails. They're usual. They're, they're regular. There's a raft. There, you can see the raft over here, just a, a used-up raft that they punched her after they got here. Yeah, it was wild. They had rafts all over the place. One of them was just broken and just sitting there. After they use it, they puncture it so no one can use it again. He had talked about the number of rafts of people just coming over and the fact that the cartels owned them. You're not allowed to. Uh, you're not allowed to actually swim in the water any longer. The families 
that want to go and actually have fun fishing. We saw fish jumping in and out. It's a beautiful area. Oh, my gosh, it's beautiful. If you miss it, you can go to our Facebook page for the show, and you can see some of the pictures that we posted. What a beautiful landscape. Can't do it anymore. If people are sitting there just watching us right now, as we were there doing the tour, watching us from across the river, just waiting for the gate to open, waiting for us to leave, waiting for them to go about their business. That was the mindset there. The workers at the water treatment facility couldn't even do their jobs. If they saw people going across that water at that time with boats there or a van parked in their own boat ramp for the water treatment facility, they would have to leave and wait for them to go or else trouble would be had. That's crazy. About a year or so ago, when we had the pandemic and things were going, um, over 13% of all those coming across the river had COVID. Now they don't even check them. So we don't know what it is. They don't even check them from COVID anymore. Another number that's real, that's of, will be of interest to you is that over two and a half to 4% of everybody coming across this river is a hardened criminal. Not a, they're not purse snatchers, they're pedophiles, rapists, and murderers. And for us, it was a concern because when Title 42 was going to go off, Border Patrol, by their own estimates, told us we were going to have 10,000 crossing a day for six weeks. Well, at 4% criminal element, at 10,000 a day, I think that's 400 criminals a day. Give an example, our county is 1,587 square miles. About 250 to 300 square miles out is in 22 cities, the rest of it's all rural. McAllen, the largest city in the county, has 47 patrolling officers on any one shift. They're outnumbered eight to one the first day. I don't know if you're starting to see a trend here, but with the massive number that's coming across and the little bit of resources that's down there, the biggest question that we had as we saw these tours and we saw this experience was, why do we not have the capability of actually having the right number of resources, which of course gets all into the politics because the government does oh so well at creating a problem and then saying that they're going to address the problem when they actually make the problem worse, which is unfortunate. When you see uh, that many illegal crossings, specifically in that area, which is whatever district that he said it was, and bodies washing into the water treatment plants. And he had told the story of cars driving into the barriers, crashing them intentionally into the barriers, having the cars crash into the water, and then a swarm of people going, grabbing the drugs and running them out and letting the cars sink. And the biggest concern from the federal government, do you know what it was? You know what it was? It wasn't, by the way, the fact that there were illegals jumping into the water and grabbing drugs from a vehicle that was crashed into the water and running over. No, no, the biggest issue, according to the federal government, was the Environmental Protection Agency having to come out twice a year and dig out the vehicles that were an environmental hazard to the community. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was the big concern that they had. That was the biggest trouble the federal government had. And you can see the priorities that the federal government uh, was focused on one more here i think i have uh oh here we go here we go this sector which is uh reran sector with and we're in zone nine of that sector this is the number one zone in the nation for the most drugs apprehended guns apprehended and money confiscated now, our numbers as far as crossing has gone down we got a five or six hundred a day but when we were peaking at six, seven, eight thousand, ten thousand a day, it was a pretty scary, scary thing. We knew that when they start walking into our neighborhoods and just wandering around, 
we have a respite center. I don't know if you've heard about that, but it is uh, Sister Norma and the Catholic Charities. For those that once they've been released, they can go there and they'll help them get on up the road. Well, they opened up one in downtown, and in less than, <clears throat> I don't know, four or five weeks, in the downtown McAllen, every empty home, office building of any kind, any vacant, was broken into. Just looking for a place to stay. They just need a place to lay their heads. Wasn't enough room in the respite center. They couldn't handle that many people. Now, just imagine this same scenario going off all over the country, which is what the entire agenda is from the Biden administration. There's a lot that I want to play here, and I don't just want to focus on the negative here because there are some good things that are being done because as the federal government fails to act on this, you know me, I'm the eternal optimist. I always like to find the positive side in things. Uh, I, I also want to show what is being done where the state of Texas especially has their own task force and they're trying to handle this issue. They're trying to build portions of the wall, which it was fascinating to watch the different types of wall that was being built from the state of Texas itself and the governor and from the Bush administration, the Obama administration. Oh, wait, I can't. Can I say that? Can I say that oh, Barack Obama actually had his own <laughs> part of the wall being built? The Trump administration and now the Biden administration as well. So uh, there is a lot of angles being attacked at this and because of that probably the fact that states have to take the matters into their own hands because the federal government won't do it themselves leads to the disorganization that we're seeing uh in part later on in the show probably the bottom of the hour we're going to play some audio from a former border security chief at chris at clem who was uh started in the el paso area and worked his way across the state of texas handling the border security issues. We've got a lot to cover today. It is a massive weekend, the most patriotic weekend we can possibly have, and there's a lot to talk about. This is The Voice Reason. Stay right here. Let's get to it. You're clear. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Freedom, reason, common sense. You know, that's what we do here on the show. What's up? Welcome into a happy weekend to you. Happy 4th of July, Independence Day weekend. I'm hoping that you get to celebrate from like this weekend all the way through Tuesday. Just take the time off, man. You deserve it. And heck, we got to take time off during Pride Month. Why not have the most pride, which is the patriotic pride? Uh, why is it? And, uh... <laughs> I, I, we're not going to go there today. we got so much other stuff to talk about. I'm not going to worry about it. All we can say is that, you know what, while we fly a prideful flag, I have my American flag out in front of my house. Uh, you can't see it on my video stream, but I have one right here on the wall beside me as well. A good one. I need to, actually, for the video stream. And for those that are watching, we have Opslin that are video streaming us, which is awesome. We have our Podbean live stream, which you can find on our website at HoosierReason.com. And, of course, all of our great radio stations. We have more radio stations coming on. I cannot announce them yet because I've not gotten all the details. However, uh, we have a few more stations jumping on this week. And let's just say a lot more that are in the queue that are coming on here soon, too. So welcome aboard for all of them. We'll do an official announcement here relatively soon. Uh, as well as we do our recap of what's going on at the southern border, it's kind of appropriate now for this last week, our Week in Review on The Voice of Reason. The Supreme Court of the United States is now officially in their recess for the year, which they take off July, August, 
and essentially September before they come into their 2024 session. So this last week, just like we saw the year prior, is their big dump, just their big dump of information. Here's all of the cases that we've been watching, all of them we've been listening to, and here's our final opinion on all these. See you guys later. Hope this doesn't screw up your plans. <laughs> and they do that, of course, right as we're in holiday mode and don't really want to pay attention to a lot of things. But that's the way that it goes with those guys. So last year we had the major drop with the reversal of Roe v. Wade. Obviously shook up the entire nation. Now we have states that are deciding, do we legalize abortion? Do we not legalize abortion? Do we uh, put restrictions on it? How do we handle this major issue? This year, we had a couple major drops that were just as big. And a, a vote against affirmative action, which was a big one for those guys. Holy cow, man. That was a doozy. That was definitely a doozy. Then we had the decision that voted for the freedom of speech with the individual in Colorado, again, that chose not to work with a, a, a couple of the LGBTQ flavor for their weddings. And that was a big one for freedom of speech. Then, of course, the student loans that we'll get to, that's going to be an hour number two. We're really going to spend some time on that. But one of the cases that came down in this last week as well was a case on the state of Texas and Louisiana suing the federal government for not enforcing immigration. And in the case, they made the claim that the federal government was not holding up to its uh, side of the agreement. Because now remember, we are the United States. We are individual sovereign states that are united as one under a compact that is the states agreeing that the federal government will handle certain issues. So therefore, um, we still have certain purview as a federalism concept with states having power and then the federal government handles other ones and the federal government has not been holding up to their bargain of the contract by handling foreign policy issues that includes immigration and allowing an invasion that technically is an invasion with tens of thousands of people every month anywhere between 30 to 40,000 of them each month coming in on an illegal basis now if you ask the uh, Biden administration they say no, no the numbers are down now the ending of Title 42 ended this because we have a plan in place. Now, their plan in place is download an app while you're sitting at the wall and apply for the time where you're going to come in and actually do your two-minute screen time uh, instead of just going through the screen time without the app appointment. So now you have an appointment. Now you're no longer walking in illegally and flooding the border. Now you're coming in with an actual appointment. <laughs> totally changes the entire scenario, right? But because of this mindset, we're seeing things get worse and worse at the border. And the border communities, while McAllen, Texas, where we were at for the last few days, is probably one of the most beautiful areas in the world. And I've said this over and over. I said this to Mrs. Voice of Reason. I would totally move down there. It's a, it's a wonderful area. And it's ranked as the seventh safest city in the entire state of Texas. They're having their major issues. So when we come back, I'll play some more of this audio. We'll talk about a concept that I didn't even think of between border security and immigration being two separate concepts and two separate policy attacks. That this might be the way to solve this. That's what we're coming up to here. With Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Right, it is. Welcome back into the program. Half with you, hour number one already, radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the show. Welcome in for your weekend edition here, our nationally syndicated one, hailing in our Hoosier Media Network bunker, if you want to put it that way. I have my pit bull laying right next to me, which I'm assuming she's going to be doing throughout most of every program. Every time I sit at my desk here, 
in the studio. She always has to sit right here beside me. So I, her, if you're watching the video, you may at some point as well see a cat jump up on my desk, which I try to tell her no, but she's been in a very strange mood where she loves to be right there constantly all the time. So <laughs> welcome into the show. Always great to have you along for the ride as uh, we continue our breakdown. So again, we were three days, a uh, hat tip to Americans for Prosperity, Americans for Prosperity Foundation, giving us the opportunity to go down and see the wall. The McAllen, Texas, again, the most southern tip of Texas, uh, trying to understand the border. And I encourage everyone that gets an opportunity to do this to absolutely go and see it because we can talk about it on the radio you can hear the headlines and watch little clips on TV. You can hear about elected officials going down and giving their opinions, but you can't get the full grasping and understanding of this issue unless you're actually there. And you feel it from the citizen standpoint in the communities, when you feel it from the struggles of Border Patrol agents trying to deal with the bureaucracy and the garbage they have to go through, and even when you talk to... Some of these actual refugees, we got to spend a good couple hours at a Catholic Charities that when the refugees actually do get the stamp of approval. Now, these are ones that are here legitimately. They're the ones that actually have sponsors from someone that paid for them, that are getting them food, that are getting them medicine, getting them clothes, getting them a flight to wherever. These are the legitimate refugees that honestly need the help. And I will tell you, it was absolutely heartbreaking to see these individuals and what they had to go through and how grateful they are to be here and how they still believe the ones that we talk to, they still believe in that American dream, that the streets are paved with gold, that there's the opportunity for everyone, and how they're here to start their life for a better and make a better life for their children, who, by the way, were the four, five, six, seven-year-olds that were running around that facility trying to understand and grasp why they had to travel so far and what they were doing there and why they couldn't understand what the heck was going on around them with the parents trying to just deal with it as well. So it was a very heartbreaking situation. And again, at the end of the day, when you want to sum it up into just a short phrase, it was the most complicated thing ever. We see the absolute crime that's going on, and yet we see the most heartbreaking, devastating scenarios for both the refugees, for the small towns, for the communities there, for everybody that's involved. This has been an absolute failure. When you want to see... Why we don't, as conservatives, why we don't like to consolidate power at the federal level and give government more power. Hey, government, you should do something. When you want to go down that road, there are two examples that I like to throw out there. Look at how well the southern border is not working and look at a Native American reservation. You want to see how socialism works? Watch those two examples and tell me how the federal government's doing anything productive in any way, shape, or form. It's an absolute disaster. Uh, I'd, I want to shift from that real quickly. Outside of the last clip I had from the water treatment plant was he had told us not necessarily about the plant, but just about the environment, the families, the members of the community where 10, 20 years ago, the Rio Grande River was a place for them to boat, for them to enjoy, for them to go fishing, to take the families out during the weekend and in the evenings to go and just have great time with family and friends. Now that the cartels are involved in this area, not necessarily the case. My whole growing up, the river was our recreation. We didn't go to Las Vegas. We didn't go to the beach. We didn't go. This was, this was our recreation. On weekends, this river would be covered with people swimming, skiing, <clears throat> swinging off tree swings, canoeing. You see tents, cabins, trailers all along the river. I farmed over half my life with my father here, and uh, we used to have, and it's kind of kind of picturesque, we used to have little 
colonias on our farm. Well, the workers didn't have to do anything but just go get on the tractor and go to work. And we have we have a general store, and we even had churches on some of them. And when I was growing up, farmers that we worked with, they lived on their farm. Everything I've just told you is all gone. It's all gone. The cartels have run. So now, again, I ask the question is what's changed in the past 20, 30 years? Why have we seen such a major change from, you know what, the border was a happy place. Yeah, there were people coming over, but a lot of times, I mean, there's still people today that go back and over across the border daily for their jobs. They take an Uber. We were talking to our Uber driver. We landed in McAllen. On Wednesday evening, we were driving, the Uber driver was taking us to the hotel, and we asked, uh, where do you travel here? And he goes, I go to the border multiple times a day. Really? Why? Because we get workers that are from the other side that are going to their job. We're not U.S. citizens, but it's the way the community is. There's a town right on the other side of the border, and there's McAllen here. And we go back and forth constantly. I constantly take people from the border to their job back and forth. That's the mindset, and that's the way things used to be. There wasn't an issue. So what changed? The cartels found an opportunity, and they started utilizing it. The cartels found an opportunity to make money, to gain more power, and to expand their authority, so to speak, and they're taking away what that American dream used to be, and that's kind of sad when this is supposed to be the greatest nation on the face of the earth. I'm sorry, I thought this was America. (laughs) And that's not necessarily the case that we're going through now. Uh, we sat down with, and this guy's going to be a great friend. He's a, he's a, I chatted with him for a long time on the trip. We're going to get him on the show relatively soon, but he's a, he's a retired former border security chief. His name's by the name of Chris Clem. You may see him on Fox News. But he was with us throughout the tour as well and gave us multiple different um, sides of the story. So the, the audio we just played was from a water treatment facility director. This guy was boots on the ground. And the vast majority of the time when he was a chief and deputy chief of border security, he was in El Paso, one of the most violent places with the border crossing issues of all. This one, not so much, but he had spent time there and in Yuma, Texas, trying to deal with this issue. His experience and what he had to say throughout this was an absolute disaster and how we've seen the progression of illegal crossings, the arrests of illegal crossings, and how security, border security, just can't handle it based on the resources that they have. And as the Trump issues have begun to fade, the Biden policies have begun to rise, we see the disaster that we're in today. October of 2020, in Yuma, right before I got there, we averaged 25 arrests a day. In November of 2020, the arrests went up to 34 a day. In December of 2020, the month I got there, we went to about 54 arrests a day. In January 2021, 78 a day. In February, it was around 120. By May, it was 500. By by September, it was 800 a day. And by the end of the fiscal, the very end, we averaged just close to 1,000 a day. On January 21st, all those policies that we put in place in the Trump administration were wiped out by executive orders. To give you a broad number, step back. I'm the incoming chief to Yuma, Arizona, having left El Paso. When I got the call and I was going to Yuma, I was like, first thing I did is I looked at numbers. Hey, what are they looking at this year? Because the previous year they had 64,000 arrests and they were kind of underwater, okay? They had eight, just over 8,800 arrests in fiscal year 2020. My first year, fiscal year 21 in Yuma, 114,000 arrests. 
In fiscal year 2022, my last year, 310,000 arrests. Can you imagine for a second? 310,000 arrests in a year. Now, I want to put that into perspective for just a second. 310,000 arrests just in the area that he covered in Yuma in El Paso, Texas. That if you have 310,000 arrests, how many agents do you think they have in that area? Well, he told us it wasn't near that. A couple hundred at max. We're arresting mostly 1,000 people a day. And he went through the entire story. This shows the inefficiencies that we have at the border. While we need to build walls, yes, although they said that's not a way to stop illegal immigration, that's a way to slow them down. That's just an object to try and slow them so they can try and play catch-up and keep things on hand. When you arrest somebody, just like you know if you're in law enforcement across the nation, you know the paperwork that has to go into it, right? If you arrest somebody for DUI, you have to go back to the office, You have to put them in, you have to fill out the paperwork, you have to do all the processing and the legaling and everything of that sort takes you off the street to do what you have to do. Now, if we had 310,000 arrests in a single year with a couple hundred agents and they're processing people constantly from arresting them, what's going on on the other side at that same time when they're in the office processing a group of individuals and they're not out on the streets crossing, uh, you know, monitoring the borders and watching what the heck's going on. Imagine how many are actually getting out and crossing without someone actually being there at that time. Now I say going into the break that there is an interesting concept to break this in. I've never thought about it this way, but it's definitely needs to happen. And both sides, Republicans and Democrats, do this, which is why I think that we're at a point where we're not seeing proper legislation come out of Washington, D.C., uh, for obvious reasons, because they're political and they don't want to actually address an issue. They just want their rhetoric and talking points for their constituency and their base, both on the Republican and Democrat sides. But one of the best ways that we're going to have to address this issue is separating the concepts of securing the border and the idea of immigration. Two completely separate issues, two completely separate bills, and two completely separate enforcements. Border security needs to happen. But if Republicans propose a bill that says we want to secure the border and we want to build the wall, but then say we're never going to allow amnesty or we're not going to allow anything that addresses immigration issue, whether you agree with them or disagree with them, then we already know Democrats are going to be out. They're not going to support it. Done. We're never going to see any bill go passed. Secure the border. Cool. Let's secure the border. Then let's address immigration policy. Democrats, on the other hand, say let's not secure the border. Let's go ahead and do the amnesty. Let's let more let more individuals in. Let's uh, ship them all over the country. Let's make them register to vote right away. All this other garbage that we're against. But we'll never support the enforcing the wall or actually building enforcement with border security and giving them the issues they need as well. Knowing Republicans will never support it. Are we here to talk rhetoric? Or are we here to actually be efficient, be productive, and get something done where we can solve both issues by sitting down and having a rational conversation about this or else it's only going to get worse. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. You're clear. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into it. One more second left in hour number one. Oh my gosh, we got so much more to talk about and so little time to do it. Driving me nuts, man. All right, one more segment on this immigration issue, then we'll shift gears. There was so much more that happened throughout this week. We'll do some student loan forgiveness recap. Obviously, the Supreme Court of the United States 
making their ruling on that one. And Joe Biden, man, not very happy about that ruling. <laughs> not at all. So we have that coming up in hour number two. Also, I think, now we're going to see if we can't get a hold of him. Tony Lyons with Skyhorse Publishing. We've had him on my program before. He is uh, possibly going to be joining us. We'll see. We had two different dates floating on the confirmation emails uh, working with him. So if we can't, not a big deal, but we're going to see if we can't get a hold of him in hour number two as well, talking about censorship and the presidential race going on. Are we going to see a censorship of certain candidates, not only of Donald Trump, but also of Robert F. Kennedy, which we've already seen? Have you seen they're trying to take away the interview he did with Joe Rogan on Spotify? Now, Spotify, I got to give them a hat tip. They are about the free speech, and they are not backing down and not allowing those to be edited. They do have, like, the little disclaimer of COVID-19 on the episodes that involve COVID or vaccines or anything like that, but they're not taking them down. So whether you like Spotify, don't like Spotify, you got to give them props for actually uh, defending the free speech and allowing those episodes to stay there, which I would think they would do anyways after paying the amount of money they did for Joe Rogan to be exclusive on their site. All right, one more uh, clip, and I want to... Again, throw this out there as a different angle, a different perspective, just to kind of break that cranium of yours a little bit, make you think and ponder about these issues a little bit more. As we talked with the retired border security chief, Chris Clem, who chatted with us, he had talked about the wall issue because obviously that was the big one under the Trump administration was build the wall. We want this big, beautiful wall with the big, beautiful doors and the doors are going to be wide and they're going to be big and they're going to be beautiful. They're going to be the best doors you've ever seen and they're going to be the biggest, biggest and best wall we've ever seen in our entire life. Believe me, it's going to be great. All right. That was the comment. Uh, the wall policies, are they any good? Build the wall was nothing that had to do with what the Border Patrol. The Border Patrol said we have a requirement. We have an infrastructure required to slow down entries. What we need is a wall where it makes sense, like the urban environments around some infrastructure areas, but what we need is the system that comes with it. The sensor package, the lights, the access road, the technology piece, which was all part of then President Trump's wall. We talked about building the wall, and that was a campaign slogan. But for us, the wall included sensors, technology, lights, access roads, all of that. That's where it really hurt us when on Inauguration Day in 2021, President Biden said, we're ending all wall construction. Because it was the rest of the story that also took a hit. We, we could figure out how to fill in some of the gaps if we had the technology, but all that was built into one contract or multiple contracts. I literally in Yuma, Arizona, where I was when that happened, had stacks and stacks, 20 feet high, of prefab steel that was just ready to be erected. Cables of spools and spools of cable that would have been a part of our fiber optic and sensor package just sitting there. We had lighting towers that had been fully erected, just never got energized because that was the next phase, was to connect everything. And then, of course, it never happened. And it's still sitting there under the Biden administration. Now, I also want to throw this curveball at you. Uh, I was not aware of this. I knew it happened to some degree, not as much as they told us it did when we were down there. But near 90% of all the border property is privately owned property, meaning someone's backyard, meaning someone's farm, meaning someone's uh, land that they own that is private. Now, if you put a wall there and you build it, they could build their own wall. However, what happens when you build something else on your property? The federal government, first off, has to come in and either take over that land, and they have to give it up so that way through eminent domain, so that way they can build the wall on government land, 
Because if you don't, guess what? You have property now that has a massive wall on it that's worth a lot of money. In fact, according to the Bush era building a wall, it was about a million dollars to build one mile worth of wall. Under the Trump administration, it was near $2 million to build one mile worth of wall. If you have a couple miles worth of agricultural land that you're building a wall on, one individual saw his value of land go up to near $20 million just by putting a wall on it as a farmer. Now see how well you can pay that property tax at the end of the year because you now have to pay property tax on that value with the value going up skyrocketing by the millions of dollars because you now have a wall on it because you're tired of seeing criminals and illegal aliens running through your fields and coming on your private property because there's no wall there. See the tricky situations? we got a lot more. We'll shift gears a little bit when we come back in hour number two. Until then, it's time for you to be your own voice of reason. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you right around the corner. You're clear.